Fuck me harder. Fuck me harder, daddy. Fuck me like the I am. Put it daddy. I don't even care. I don't care who sees me. Them can't fuck with me. They can't see a like yours. Fuck me, daddy. Fuck me, dad. Oh, hello. I'm Derek, and I'm the host of Ratchet Book Club. We read hood classics and good classics, and that means anything from Old Thought Next Door to The Phantom Tollbooth. We read a few chapters every episode, and then we discuss what we thought of each chapter before we get to the next one. It's pretty enlightening. Sometimes you find out things you never knew, like did you know that somebody's... Ratchet Book Club. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, and anywhere else you really could think of good fucking podcast should be at. Scary Ghost. Creepy Serial Killers. All things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> hey, creepsters! I'm Barry Marino, and I'm Philip Landry, and we are back. Welcome to Open Shutters. We're live. A creepy <laughs> podcast sponsored by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. That's right, we're back. We've been on a hiatus. Why have we been on a hiatus? What happened in our town? A fucking storm. A monster storm. Hurricane Ida. I hate that bitch. That bitch. <laughs> I, I hate that woman. <laughs> she was really... You know, we... Um, Ida's a hoe. <laughs> you didn't evacuate, though. You stayed, huh? I stayed and I got out the Tuesday after my partner came and got me because there was no electricity. It wasn't going to be... Well, we didn't know at the time it would, when we would get it back. They were telling us all kind of crazy stuff. So, But I got out and I went to St. Francis. Wow, well, you know, we went to Texarkana, Arkansas. Oh, Lord. The town that dreaded sundown. Oh, my God. Well, that's because they had that, that serial killer back in 1946. It's still the town that dreads sundown because you know why they dread sundown? Because after sundown, there ain't a fucking thing to do. You can eat at Denny's. That's about it. Well, I went. I went to St. Francisville, which is known for one of the most haunted houses in America, the Myrtles Plantation. Oh! But I was on this road. I forget what my partner told me the road was. Old Mahoney Road or something. I think it was called or whatever. Oh. This was at late at night, and this road is creepy. This road is literally like you're going through a forest tunnel. Like the trees, oh, and, and it's dark. Well, I don't like There's that. There's no street light, and we're going down. And all we have is the the, the lights from the car, right? Uh huh. I look to the side on the side of the street. The light picks up this white rocking chair just sitting oh, on the fuck. side. I'm like, officially, I had my creepiest moment out in the fucking country uh, roads of Louisiana. Well, you know, you must a fucking white ass rocking chair. Nobody in the rocking chair. Nothing around. Just a rocking chair. A white, and a white one at that, so it picked up all the light oh. from the, like, you, yeah. You know, I was riding the Creepy. road while I was Uber driving. I was driving down this road that goes along the Bonnie Carey Spillway, and there's all these, you know, there's a dead forest. 
Yeah. Where you have not, wait at night with no lights except for the car lights. That is the creepiest place I've ever seen. No, if you would have been where I was, that was creepy. Oh, Lord. Well, Texarkana is kind of, I was, I'm glad to be did home. You, did you dread sundown? Oh, God, I dreaded sundown every day because there was nothing to do. <laughs> we did find a really good Italian restaurant that we liked. It was called uh, Charo's. And uh, the waitress there was just the coolest. Her name's Sarah. She became a Facebook friend, too. And then we um, we found the Chinese buffet we really liked. It was called the One Buffet. And it had this really good meatloaf. I don't know. I, how can anybody make a good meatloaf? But they did. And for some strange reason, their Denny's had better food than ours did. Oh well, that that's always that's always true. Once you get actually out into more country town or just smaller cities that are more country kind of cities, once you get away from New Orleans, sometimes the actual things like for say like Waffle Houses, Denny's, IHOPs, they all get really good. Yeah, because the because the, the country fried steak with the white gravy and the white gravy was like, whoa! I never tasted anything like this. Before it was really good, but yeah, you, the, the oysters on the buffet. I never saw such sad oysters. Well, that's the only problem though. The more <laughs> inland you go, the worse the seafood can get. Yeah, that, but yeah, it was, and you know, you have any, to stick to the coast. Any fish you saw, it was like Gordon's, you know, <laughs> fish flakes. <laughs> but anyway, the worst thing that happened to me on this trip was a pebble hit my windshield of my brand new car, and now I got a crack in my windshield. Oh, fuck. And I don't think it's covered by my my bumper the bumper powertrain warranty either. Are you gonna try to claim the evacuation on it? No, 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 no. Actually, I already got everything I'm gonna get from FEMA. I can't claim anything. But the car insurance? Well, no, actually, you can do FEMA for that anyway. No, well, car insurance, I got a five hundred dollar deductible. No, that sucks. Gonna, it's be less than that. Yeah, they ain't gonna do shit. Yeah. So anyway, so you're stuck with a cracked windshield until they say well, uh, until I get to fix it, until yeah. I pay to fix it, and also you know so I ran up all my credit cards, fucked up my credit score. I got I got it's going to take me about a year to get it to get it back up again because I had to run up credit cards because Barry, one of, <laughs> Barry's asking for donations. I'm no, I'm not. No, no I'm he's not. not. One of my traveling companions who shall remain nameless had minus $7 in his bank account. Which meant that the other two of us had to more or less pay for everything. All right, now, now you're putting too much out there. Yeah, that's a too much out there. Okay. I, my only my only sad thing of the whole business, I mean, I mean, I, it, was, it was upsetting, it was rough. The hardest part for me really came down to my poor little baby, my cat. Oh. He had to go through hell. Well, they came with us. Well, he so came, the door. Well, no, he came with us. But the factor is we had to board him for a few days. Um, we had to board him for a few days um, at the uh, at a vet's up there because Jim had other family that was staying there with us yeah. at the house thing. And some of them, one of them, one of them was allergic. I'm not going to mention it. Oh, okay. Which is understandable. That's understandable. So we, yeah. uh, so we bored him. So we separated like that. But then it got worse because then we got him out. But we had to go put him in. My partner had got him a new place up there. He was dead, just closed on. Yeah. That he was, this was before the storm. He was planning all this. So Foss got this hangout in this like empty ass apartment. But it was air conditioned and all, but without me. You know, I go over every evening to see him. So it was kind of sad. And I had to leave him there when I came back, and then Jim 
because Jim then went back to go take care of him. And eventually he got, it was a little later, but he was gone, whereas I was probably like a week and a half. He was gone almost like two weeks from that. Oh. Poor little baby. But when he got back, he like, he so blamed Jim, but he was like, he's like, mommy. Like, I'm the mama cat. Like, he's imprinted. People are like, why do you call yourself mama cat? Well, because he imprinted on me. Like, I'm a mama cat. So. Well, anyway, he, um, we got sick. Each one of us a different Oh, night. shit. What did you... Uh, we got... I don't know. It was like these... Well, I think it was your extracurricular activities. No, 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 no. That didn't have anything to do with... It was these flu-like symptoms, and each one of us got it a different day, and it only lasted... Now, they were, all, they were all vaccinated, from what I knew. Yeah, so. but when you're vaccinated, you can get this mild case of COVID, and it usually only lasts one day. And that, and that was an and area that y'all went to that was pretty was. bad. Yeah. yeah maybe we, and we were actually in the hotbed... Of the Delta variant, and it could have came from extracurricular activities. I don't know about extracurricular. What extracurricular activities? We in <laughs> Texarkana. Come on. That's anyway, not what I enough, heard. Uh, but we'll leave it at that. We talk about somebody saying too much. That's uh, that's enough right there. I'm gonna leave. Okay. I gotta throw a little out there. You know, people want to. People want to know a little bit. Yeah, like buying a seven dollar bank account. <laughs> yeah, you're giving too much details there. Anyway, um, anyhow, let's talk about what we were, what we've been watching. Yeah, that's been, that was one of the big things was how much we had to catch up on, and then there was just this whole bombardment of stuff being thrown on streaming services. So let's talk about it. Um, there's some big things that have been uh, going on on television with television. Yeah. One of the things is Midnight Mass. Yes, I watch. I'm like in the. What, fifth or sixth episode? Which is the, the director is Mike Flanagan, which we're actually talking about him later because he actually kind of relates yeah. to what we're talking about later as well a little bit. But Midnight Mass, uh, no spoilers, amazing. If It's just, it's everything you want to expect out of a mystery horror thing based on a small town and a small shipping it's an island. Village on an island. It's an island, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an island. It's everything you would expect and more. Yeah, it's it really like, good. Very well done. Um, is there something else you want to... I, w- I watched on uh, Discovery Plus The Curse of the Chippendales, and it talks about how about you know all these cases. I've been wanting to see that. What was it about? Like, yeah. Well, the Chippendales, like how they we'll were invented, how, how the Chippendales came about, and believe it or not, they came from... Um, what was the name of Dorothy Stratton's husband, Paul Strader? I think so. He was one, it was his idea that invented it to have men strip for women. And, it, you know, they go into the Dorothy Stratton murder and all these other things. And then they go into the, um, the, the you know, then there's some discrimination suits because they only let women in, and all these different things. And it ends in a really, 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 a lot of violence. It was very. It, it you gotta watch it. I can't say anymore. Intriguing. Very intriguing. We're okay. actually gonna cover that documentary and that case on here. Well, well talking about documentaries, I got to actually watch one of the two. I still have to watch one on Netflix, but I did watch the New York Times on controlling Britney Spears. Yeah. On thing. Thank God Britney is free. Yeah. They got her daddy off the goddamn thing. But that I watched that documentary. Is she gonna eat her ice cream with Cher in Bermuda? Where she Saint Tropez. Oh, Saint-Tropez. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Go get your ice cream. Go get your ice cream with Cher. I'm sure Cher, will, Cher and her will go have a good Yeah, vacation. she said you got a day. She said she would. 
So as that documentary, let's get back to some of the creepy stuff going on. Uh, you said you saw it. I haven't got to see it yet. But how was Malignant? Very, very good. Really scary. Really creepy. I have H- it's on HBO Max right yeah. now. Yeah, and it's the, also in the theaters, the, too. The theaters. I'll try to hurry and watch it before they pull it. They're only going to pull it for a month, and they're going to put it back on. Probably, so, yeah. Uh, so, good. So, you really, y'all really enjoyed it? Yes. Really enjoyed it. Visuals were really good on there? Very good visuals. Scary as hell. Oh, Awesome. Awesome. Really good special effects. That's what it's one. And good performances too. Okay, well I'm excited. I'm gonna have to. Watch yeah, it. you'll you'll enjoy it. Yeah. Another one I got to watch was uh, just talking about kind of like suspense and really thinking about kind of in the now things that could actually happen to somebody. The clickbait. Now get- I saw that one episode of that. Oh. I gotta watch the rest of it. Yeah, you haven't watched. Yeah, I watch things at work sometimes. And the bring a laptop. It was interesting how they did the story because each episode it moves along giving you the information sort of but it gives it a different perspective of someone in the story yeah like a different character in the story to, towards their more their perspective well I haven't seen so don't say too much but that, that, that's all I'm going to give but I wanted to uh, say that, that it was an interesting way of following through I like that and I haven't even started watching uh, season 10 of a American Horror Story yet Oh, I'm yeah, I'm I'm caught up completely on that. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm working and I'm able to watch things, but I keep there's, getting interrupted by okay, customers. Since you brought up, how dare those customers interrupt my TV watching? There's a big controversy going on about American Horror Story season ten, and I think people don't realize one thing about Ryan Murphy. Every season, he likes to bring in a camp factor. Yeah. This one has a huge camp factor. And the one thing that keeps playing in my mind that I'm not seeing on comments when everyone's complaining about it or whatever, or even talking about it positively, one thing they're not realizing is I think what he did by this idea of double feature, to put it kind of plain and simple, it wasn't what we thought. I think he was making a joke on that game zombies versus yeah. aliens that was the joke but he expanded it out into a bigger story oh so I think it's a joke about that game okay well I haven't seen it yet so I don't want to know anymore well that, no <laughs> I'm not that's really not a spoiler I'm not really giving too much away there I'm going to leave it at that but that's that's what I feel like he's making a joke sort of on that um, but that doesn't give y'all anything about what the plot or what goes on y'all and y'all decide what y'all feel about it I'm okay with it I'm not saying it's the greatest season. I still hold Coven and Hotel much higher than I do that. Um, the final show I want to we want to talk about, which is massive right now. No Korean show has overtaken Netflix like Squid Game. Squid Game. If you have not seen it, Barry, you have not I seen haven't it? seen it. No, you have my got boss to watch said it. It was good. It is really good. And I will also encourage anybody that's just getting on the Squid Game bandwagon, once you get done with Squid Game, if you still got an itch, go back and watch Alice in Borderland if you haven't done that as well. Alice in Borderland uh, was was actually developed from a manga. Squid Game wasn't was loosely derived from manga, whereas Alice in Borderland was straight from it. So, But you, you'll enjoy I both. Most people okay. should enjoy Squid Game and Alice in Borderland. I'll give, I'll give it a whirl. I'll see. If I don't like the first episode, I won't watch it no more. Um, so that's what we were watching. Um, but let's talk about seriousness for a moment. Let's talk about, since we haven't gone for a while, there has been a huge news story, and it has also highlighted some things and changed a lot of the culture of true crime and media and a lot oh, of things yeah. is the um, 
Gabby Petito case. Yeah, yeah. Where is? Well, we found her, but where is he? Who knows where the hell he is? I don't know. Is he even alive? That's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if either he was murdered. I think he committed suicide. If he was murdered with her. Or, but wouldn't his body have been found close to hers? The only other thing. No, 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 no. Because he was seen back in Florida. Well, he could have committed suicide. Her body was in Wyoming. Or somebody from her family might have killed him. No, no, we do know that. Her body was in Wyoming. His body is in, his body, well, he was seen in Florida with his family. But how do we know it was really him? There's been so many sightings. Who knows? But what? I'm actually at the point either he is dead or his family got him. Well, out you of, see, I, or they illegally got him out the country somewhere. Ashley and Elaine from Marbit, I've been listening to them, and they, uh, 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 Gabby was actually one of their listeners. They knew her, wow. and um, they, uh, they're they're as miffed as we are. I am glad though that the media got kind of hit on this. And and the reason why is long before this, I've actually been. It's not something I like to talk about, but I'll talk about it now. And I actually have, if people are part of the Facebook pages, I did make a post from the MMIW database. Uh, I do try to stay connected uh, with those important groups. And if you're not familiar with MMIW, that is missing and murdered indigenous women. And I also see other times you'll see MMIW um, G sometimes, which is missing murdered. Indigenous women and girls, and there's also missing murder and indigenous women, girls, yeah. and two spirits. But basically, this highlighted that there's a lot of cases of missing people that the media doesn't care about until it is a young white girl. And I hate to say, yeah, like Natalie Holloway. Yeah, and, the me, and well, you know, who's, and that's not to diminish the loss of Gabby Petito, but that's to say it's good that the media finally. Well, you know, who's one that's that's a bad offender of that is. My least favorite garbage woman, Nancy Grace. Yeah. <clears throat> she does, she pushes all out. Yeah, and so I do like that we're actually seeing the media taking some responsibility. Even some of them have actually apologized. I've actually seen where they've taken a hard look at themselves. Some very major anchors on some of the, the uh, have taken a hard look at themselves and say, hey, we're going to try to do a better job. And I hope they do. I really hope they will do a better job at highlighting the the cases that aren't that normal person. So. But our hearts do go out to Gabby Petito's family. And every other... Um, and every other person that has a missing um, right, loved one right anyone now. Anyone who has a missing loved one right now. All right, so what we are doing next? You have your obits. Boom. Oh, God, I got nine of them. So I know, we have been going a while, so there's a lot of obits, so bear sure with us. I'm not which order to do them in, so I'm just going to do them as I have them listed. And I will, I will check them off for you. Uh, we will start. <laughs> we will start with... Uh, okay, we will start, first of all, well, kind of a big one, and it's kind of close to our hearts. Um, another Mary Tyler Moore show... Cast member Ed Asner, he's um, he died on August 29th at the age of 91. Now the one before him was uh, Clarice Leachman, right? Yes. So you know who's guess who's the last Mary Tyler Moore show cast member left alive? Who do you got left? Betty White. Oh, that's right, Betty White. That's it. That's all that's left. Oh, she's, all, she's still all the way alive. Y'all energy. get your circles. Protect Betty White. Protect Betty White. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he, uh, he he became a beloved. Uh, uh, he was beloved to millions of households 
through his character Lou Grant. First on the Mary Tyler Moore show, and then he had a spinoff called Lou Grant. And he's the only Oscar who have won uh, both drama and comedy for the same character. Isn't that, um, isn't that uh, interesting, huh? Because one show was a drama and the other one. And uh, he was, um, his father ran a junkyard called Asner Iron and Meadow, which first opened in 1903. So Ed Asner um, was married first to Nancy Sykes from 1959-1988. They have three children, and then he married Cindy Gilmore in 1998. Oh, look at the old guy. <laughs> and she filed for a legal separation in 2007. They, they were divorced in 2015. So Ed Asner at 91, rest in peace. All right, I'm going to kind of go through these kind of quick for time reasons. Okay, next one is Tommy Kirk. you remember him from uh, Old Yella? Oh, okay. He was a little kid in Old Yella. And then he was one of the Mickey Mouse Clubs. Uh, he was a star, a Disney star, as a child and as a young man. He appeared in Old Yella, The Shaggy Dog, and The Swiss Family Robinson. And a couple other movies in the late 50s and early 60s. But... Walt Disney fired him in 1962. Guess why? Why? He's because he was gay. Oh. And he refused to hide. After that, he started doing the beach party movies with Annette Funicello, hmm. who obviously didn't care if he was gay. <laughs> so anyway, he, uh, his career, he said he knew that his career was going to be ruined if he came yeah. out, but he said he would rather give up his career than live a lie. And he lived to be 80 years old. 79, I'm sorry. Well, some, of the, some of the bits say 80, some say 79. So rest in peace, Tommy. And you were, or he was an early pioneer for LGBT yeah. rights. All right, next one we have isn't a gay person, but he's known for a gay character he <laughs> yes, played. Yeah. Is Willie Garson of Sex in the City. Was, um... He played Carrie's best friend, Stanford, the gay friend, the gay best friend. And um, he, he died of pancreatic cancer at the age of 57. That's really sad. And everybody in that cast, even Kim Cattrall, who's been kind of a grouch towards everybody. I mean, you notice that lately? She's like, she doesn't like Sarah, Sarah Jessica Well, Parker. we might not know the whole falling out yeah, that happened. But, but yeah, there's sometimes it's like, it comes It's kind of like, okay, you know. Make the point, get B. on. B. Arthur, I love B. Arthur, but she didn't like Betty White. How could somebody not like Betty White? She's the only person in the world well, who didn't the like Betty White. We don't see what happened on set. We don't know everything. Well, so she, it's that, hard for it, us it was a lot outside. of a clash. But I think being B. Arthur was great and basically just a cantankerous old woman. Exactly. Really? You know? And it looks like Kim Cattrall's following the same pattern. Maybe so. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, Mario Cattoni, who played his, um, his But they husband. all loved working with Willie. Yeah, Mario Cattoni played his husband on, he played uh, Stanford's husband. You remember they didn't like each other at first and they fell in love? Yeah. And he said, uh, he called him a brilliant TV partner. And he says, I'm devastated and over, overwhelmed with sadness, taken away from us too soon. You're a gift from the gods. Rest in peace, my sweet friend. I love you. So rest in peace, Willie. Even though you weren't really one of us, you were. In a way. All right. He did the character justice. He, oh, he did sure. it justice. And yeah. Now we have old Hollywood. 
Jane Powell. Oh, yes, ma'am. MGM musical star. She was a star of such movies as Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, A Date with Judy, and uh, uh, what's that other one? Royal Wedding, The Female Animal, Enchanted Island, and she also did TV shows like Fantasy Island, The Love Boat, and Murder, She Wrote. A lot of old movie stars on those shows, huh? Mm-hmm. She, um, she also played uh, Alan Thicke's mother in Growing Pains. And, she, oh, yeah. and her final film was 1999's Picture This. And she retired from the screen, screen after an appearance in 2002 episode of Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Oh, wow. So uh, she was preceded in death by her husband, Dickie Moore, who was a child star, who died in 2015. And uh, he was a child star in, science, um, in silent pictures. Blah, 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 blah. So she was 92... She's one of the last people alive that had danced with Fred Astaire. Rest in peace, Jane Powell. We're going to miss you, too. Thank God you left a lot of good movies. All right, here's one that's a little bit sad. Norm MacDonald. A little uh, bit. That's uh, the, the laughter died. So let's just put it in. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's very sad. Old, 61 years old. Had a nine-year private pet battle with cancer. And uh, it was announced uh, to Deadline by his management firm. And his longtime producing partner and friend, Laurie J. J. Hoekstra, was with him when he died. He was most proud of his comedy, she said, and never wanted to, to diagnose to affect the way his audience and his loved ones saw him. Mm-hmm. He was, he was uh, diagnosed with cancer 10 years ago. Uh, Norm was pure comic. He once wrote that a joke should catch someone by surprise. It should never pander. He certainly never pandered. He will be missed terribly. Rest in peace, Norm. And and, and and you know what? Saturday Night Live would not have become what it was were it not for him. No, he he, he was he him. Well, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them, but he's there's a lot he's, of them. Actually, Norman Lewis was actually on the Emmys. Actually, mentioned how important Norm Macdonald really was to what the show. How important? So that's saying something right there. And, now we have another sad one. Um, Michael K. Williams, who was uh, uh, from The Wire and um, and some other movies, some other things too. Oh, oh most recently, yeah, Michael K. Williams was on Lovecraft Country. Lovecraft Country. And he actually had been nominated just recently. And he was discovered face down and unresponsive in the dining room of his luxury apartment. It would appear to be... And, and and there was heroin on the table, so he died of a drug overdose. That's, that's really he was very young. That's really sad. And uh, a relative talked to him and said that he was supposed to show up at an event Saturday, but never made it. Last Saturday, he never made it. Oh, these these obits are kind of late. I mean, if you're out, I just want to say, if you're out there, do seek help. Like, if you're trying, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, do not be embarrassed. Do not think that you don't have. There, there's not help. Try to seek it out. It, it doesn't, and it does, and it doesn't matter where you're at in your life. Please try to seek that help. And out. he was only 54 years old. Exactly. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. Now here we got um, another young one, Anthony Johnson, the Friday star. Uh, he played his party in Friday. And he has died. Uh, his, his nephew tells us AJ was found lifeless earlier this month. Rushed to the hospital where he was pronounced dead. There's no cause of death been released. Or has there been something since this article? 
did they did they come up yet with it yet? Of who? Of um, what's his name? Anthony Johnson. Anthony Johnson. Yeah, was he also a drug overdose? I don't. I don't think. think I don't think that. They, had any, um, why would you say that? I don't think that. No, had, I don't think that they. Cause he just died young. Because they're young. I don't know. It's no, I think by young. I don't know what their full reason was. For he him. was fifty-five, and I think they died. Didn't they die? No, his I'm afraid was more of. A, Aneurysm really or something like that. I think that. it was more of like a heart issue or, or like yeah. a brain. They'll say in this article. No, his was not, not drug related. Let's not put that down them. No, 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 no. no. I didn't and even if it is, yeah. it's still sad. It's still an illness. No, whatever it is, you know? Yeah. But no, no. But um, he, no, he, I think his was just really out of the blue. Like there was no, like it's like an aneurysm. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. All right. Now this one. Two, gener- two or three generations will know this one. Willard Scott. He was like America's weatherman. They called him TV's clown prince of sun and showers. He died at 87. Uh, he was... Um, his death was confirmed by his wife, pa- Paris Keena Scott, and she did not specify the cause, saying only that he died after brief illness. Well, being 87, it could easily be just be natural causes. And he had earlier played Bozo the Clown, and he was the original Ronald McDonald on television. Yeah, he created Ronald McDonald. Yeah. And uh, throughout the 20th century, he was a television pitch- pitchman. And <laughs> gargarious, gap-toothed, boutonniere-wearing, funny-hatted, sometimes toupee-clad, larger-than-life American everyman. In his prime, he stood six foot three and weighed 300 pounds. And he was hired by NBC in 1980 to compete with uh, ABC's Good Morning America. So, uh, Willard Scott, gone from us at the age of 87. I want to make one little correction. I think I accidentally said something earlier. My brain is not working on all cylinders sometimes. I think we were talking about Norm MacDonald. Uh-huh. And I went and said, talked about the creator of SNL. And I think I said... <laughs> Norman Lear, and I'm going to say because we're on the Norm stuff. Uh, I'm going to say Lauren. Well, I'm going to say Lauren Michaels. Lauren Michaels is yeah. Yes, that's what I meant to say. And he no, but he's the one that. Okay, who's who's uh, life force is he taking? Because he's the same. Oh, he's taking everybody's life force. He's taking everybody, every comedian we know. He probably took Norman. No, I'm joking. Uh, no, Lauren, Lauren Michaels had something very beautiful to say. His, if you haven't seen it on the Emmys, he really, his speech about Norm MacDonald was really nice. Oh, that's really... That, yeah. So we got one more who will also be known by people of all ages. Yes. For different, various things he was in. But mainly, today's audiences will know him from My Big Fat Creek Wedding. Yes. Michael Constantine. He's, a, he's America's Greek father. Who was father. her father. He died at 1994. Now he'll be known. He's known. He's done a lot of things throughout times. One of the first things I remember him from was a, a TV show in the 1960s called Room 222, which was very groundbreaking because it was the first time they showed racially integrated school. And that's also Karen Valentine was on there. Denise Nichols, you remember her from um, In the Heat of the Night? She wanted to play Carol Connor's wife. The African American lady, and um, several different people from you know different um, that you know went on to many different things. 
And another thing he'll be known from is you know, we, we say it's it's odd because our movie this week is a Stephen King uh, adaptation. This was another Stephen King adaptation, uh, thriller, Thinner. Yeah. And Thinner is the one where the the gypsy he runs over the old lady, and the old lady's father, who's like almost two hundred years old, curses him to make he's a big fat guy and he curses him to make him thinner, and he just keeps getting thinner and thinner and thinner. And Michael Constantine played the old man, the old gypsy man. But like I said, my big fat Greek wedding. What is that line? Say the line. It's his, his famous line. Oh, I can never take it correctly, but it's always like, it was basically along the lines of, give me the word, give me any word. No, give me the origin of the word is Greek. Like basically that was what it was. Like, yeah. So any word he could bring it back around to how it was Greek somehow. <laughs> yeah, I remember that too. The best one was when he did the kimono. Um, and he related that somehow to Hemona or whatever, which is winter in Greek. I'm like, okay, y'all, this is too much. Oh, so anyway, you have horoscopes. You know what time it is. Yeah, I know what time it is. It's horoscope time. It's horoscope time. Well, it's all I say, we've been right, a long... shut me up quick. This I time. know, I know. It's been a long time <laughs> since we've had some horoscopes. And since this month is the Checking Into Die series. Oh. All, like, hotel related to hotels. And it's our season five opener, which I failed yes, to mention earlier. I decided to kind of kick it off with the first kind of, kind of a haunted hotel kind of thing. I'm gonna, we're going to talk about what the ghost in your hotel room stole from you. Oh! We're going to that's tell, where all our stuff went in the hotel room. Well, we're going to let each sign know what they got stolen. I thought, I thought it was a roommate thing. No, it's it's the hotel ghost. Oh, okay. So, Aries, what are you getting stolen from you by the ghost? Your keys. Might be your oh. car keys. Might be your hotel room keys. Might be even your house keys. But they're getting stolen. None my key ring has everything from my car keys, my house keys... And the key to well, my, aren't the you store where I work. Aren't you glad you're not an Aries? Yeah, the key to the to store where I work. I could go in there and just steal all the dildos. Well, at, least, <laughs> at, least, at least you're not that sign. That's good. That's good. Yeah, but you know, we have the, we have an alarm. So I couldn't really do it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I have cameras, too. Yeah, and I don't think... Yeah, but they, can the ghosts be seen? And well, actually, and I just want people to know, we're kind of getting in the works to figure it out, but we are going to actually do some... Some uh, some episodes right from the uh, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, we're gonna. Do, yeah, my boss said we're gonna do this. Uh, we, he wants us to do an episode from the store, and he's also gonna write us up a commercial. We're gonna become yeah. one of our sponsors. And so we might do every now and then. We might do an episode from there. We want to pick really good ones that we're gonna do from there, but we're gonna figure it out. We're gonna work on it. Next month, we're gonna definitely for sure be doing one. Oh yeah, yeah. We will. We'll, we'll figure out. It's it's gonna be. We may be doing next week's from there since I've got work. 10 days after after tomorrow I got to work a 10 day stretch so it may be the only time I can do the show is after work yeah and we may do a late night show from there oh yeah we could I was thinking about doing the YouTube show in front of the um, bachelorette section oh lord yes indeed well, we don't want to be in front of like dildos I don't do know it. you don't want to show <laughs> I don't know well yeah that's oh, we, we might horrify some people we are pretty nasty have to tell some of those we've been, are, we've been this is the cleanest I can remember some of those dildos are scary I'm <laughs> I know I see them all of that. when they ever got the big old two footers I mean you gotta get kind of scared by that yeah <laughs> like where what room do you have to hold that you know I don't know well I may have to make sure I close the door to the theater because well talking about all that nastiness 
Taurus, it looks like they're going to get their virginity stolen. Oh, I can't wait. But of course, really, do Tauruses really have... Do you remember who stole your virginity? Huh? Do you remember who stole your virginity? Uh, I don't. Technically or not? not Oh, wait a minute. Yes, I do. Female. My virginity was stolen in a heterosexual situation. You don't see the look on his face right now. (laughs) I wish we were on YouTube. (laughs) Was that consensual? Yeah. Oh Lord. Oh, it was consensual. I was, I was, I I was fourteen. Oh wow. Go ahead. You have about a fourteen-year-old boy. You said you just wanted to try it out. No, it's just like everything got me up. Anything. Everything. You just whipped your Italian sauce. I would go. I would go to the drive-in so I could see the titties would get me up, the men's butts would get me up. <laughs> Sometimes a penis would get in there, and it would that would do it too. <laughs> well, there you go. Wow. Anyhow. Oh, see these Tauruses. I think they claim that they still have their virginity. Sometimes I think sometimes it's like they've really lost it, like twenty oh, years. Oh yeah. Now isn't that Raz Taurus? No, no, he's Gemini. We're gonna talk about. Oh, him. so what's gonna happen to him? He's next, huh? The ghost is gonna steal his snacks. Oh, you know, that's not gonna. That's not gonna end well. Oh, that's not gonna no, end well no, at all. No, no, leave that boy snacks alone. That boy priest all his potato snacks. chips. Oh, oh, yeah, the ghost is coming for all the snacks. Oh, no, that boy praised his potato chips and his cookies. You would think that he was, like, 12 years old by the stuff he buys when he goes to the grocery store. Well, you should be aware of your dreams when you sleep and beware of your mirrors, little cancer. Oh, my God. Because guess what are you, you're going to have stolen? Your sense of reality. Oh. What you see may not actually be what's there, but oh. then again, it might. Well, I don't know. Like in 10 years, that's probably coming anyway with dementia, you know. Probably. <laughs> of course, the ghost might make you feel like that's happening sooner. So. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know what? Been. I had a scare. I got into the shower with my glasses on a couple of weeks ago and went, oh, my God. How could you forget to take your glasses off before you go in the shower? So I went on Facebook. I said, this is scaring me. I got into the shower without my glasses on, with my glasses still on. And everybody said, oh, no, no, that's nothing. People do that all the time. They said, when you get in the shower with all your clothes on, then then you got to start worrying. Right. <laughs> glasses is probably, that's probably just more of a... Well, I just noticed. I was like, why do I need windshield wipers in the shower? And I was like, that's oh, a different kind of mental lapse. That's something like you're just crazy and your anxiety, stress, the storm, just change everything up. Yeah. That's not Alzheimer's. No. no. That's, that's dementia. Different. Dementia yeah. or anything like that. No, don't worry about that. You're, you're okay. You're okay. We'll, we'll let you know if we notice something. Okay. That's if we're okay to notice. <laughs> we might, we might be. That's true. I don't know. I'm losing some mental faculties as yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about mental faculties. Let's talk about Leo. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> what do they haven't stolen by the ghost? Their cosmetics or toiletries. Oh, well, that's no problem with some of the Leos I know. They don't have any cosmetics or toiletries. <laughs> wow. Wow. I didn't say every Leo. <laughs> I just say no. You sure. <laughs> <laughs> you got that one in there, didn't you? <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Let me move along. The soap. Before you incriminate, <laughs> you incriminate yourself on who you meant. All okay. right. Virgo. We'll talk about incriminating Virgos. Oh, 
That actually, actually was my dad. What are they going to get stolen by the ghost, the spirits? Their cell phone. Oh, yeah. I guess well, no more selfies. No more selfies and no more pictures of really nasty dogs. No, no and, more late, late, late night Facebook and posting your entire life on there. Uh, well, and, and you know what? It's too sh- Too bad it's not the toiletries there either because those would, don't get... Although this makes me kind of sad, though, on one Virgo, because I do have this one Virgo. She, she's she, she's a woman. I know we're, you were making jokes about a certain Virgo. We know that's a guy, but there's one. This woman, no, actually, there's a friend of mine. It's kind of in between. Oh, one. okay. But one this woman, <laughs> she put some of the posts, some of the most fun memes and other stuff up. So I would hate for her to actually lose her cell phone because she's one of my like, favorite people to like follow. Oh, okay. so that would bother me if she lost her cell. Phone. Yeah, yeah, I would be sad because then I wouldn't sad. have content to look. At. That would be sad. Okay. Talking, moving right along. Libra. Oh. Well, Libras are getting their whole identity stolen oh. by the ghost. Oh. The ghost wants to be Libra. Oh. Oh. I guess Libras have it good right now to actually have a ghost want to take everything from you. No, Lord. They take it and die. Oh, good Lord. Scorpio. The ghost only wants your underwear. Oh. They're not saying why. They just want to take it. Your they're, underwear? They might be taking it off of your body. They might take it out the drawer. I don't know, but they want your underwear. Oh, no. I mean, hopefully the ghost isn't sitting in the closet corner huffing it. You know, the ones that took hopefully it off Hopefully not. I mean... <laughs> oh. I mean... That, I mean, I mean, more power to them. I mean, I wouldn't even huff my own underwear, okay? Like, seriously. Sagittarius, moving along. Sagittarius, it's going to be a cold night in your room because it looks like uh, the ghosts are going to steal the sheets right off of you. Oh, that's your, that, that's going to happen to your husband. Yeah, he's You're actually, stealing his sheets. Well, I'm not. The ghost. Well, he's he's actually. The ghost is stealing his sheets. I can't say where, but he's actually. Uh, he's um, he's overseas right now. Oh. So he's, yeah, he might have some spirits. And he's in some old part of the world right now. Oh. So they may, he might be, yeah, I already told him, I said, you be careful now. I said, that's some old world magic in that part of the world. <laughs> yeah. Don't offend nobody. That's all I'm going to say. Capricorn. That's your, that's your partner. Oh, God, what's he, what they see from here? You might actually get excited about this. What? It, it, if it didn't already happen in Texarkana, it says basically Capricorn's going to get their soul stolen by the haunt, by the haunts, the ghosts. No, it happened before Texarkana. That soul's probably, been gone. <laughs> so what the hell is he giving out now? Not his soul, because he ain't got one. Oh, he's just claiming it, right? Yeah. yeah. Them damn Capricorns, you can't sell your soul twice. They think they can. They think they can sell it thrice, but... Aquarius, let's just move on. Aquarius, what are y'all getting stolen by the ghosts? Your wallet or your purse. Oh. And it don't even matter if you put it I'm in the safe. Because just remember, ghosts can go through walls. They can go through safes. So they will pull your wallet and purse right out the fucking hotel safe. Ooh. The room safe. Yeah, they're ghosts. They can go right through them. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah. So, like, don't even think that's going to protect you. Uh, Pisces. Last, but definitely not least, y'all are going to get your energy stolen by the spirits. Their energy. So whether it's psychic energy or physical energy, they're getting vamped by the spirits. 
They're getting they're getting they're getting Colin Robinson. If you haven't watched what we do in the shadows, watch that because we we will be talking about a lot more of that next month on our when we finally do vampires. So, uh, but yeah, definitely that is our horoscope. So good luck and. Be careful with your minds, your bodies, and your valuables. And we are going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back with our review of what's not exactly my favorite movie, The Shining from 1980, starring Jack Nicholson and Shelley Duvall and Scatman Crothers and a little young boy named Danny Danny what? Is it Lloyd? Let me see. That was the character was Danny. The actor was... No, he was Danny. His, the actor was... Um, oh, the actor was Danny too? It was Danny also, yeah. The I can remember and the that. Actor, both were Danny. Wait, my brain wants to call him something else. I don't know why. I am having a bad with my brain today, I tell you. I probably should Danny Lloyd. I was right the first Lloyd, time. Yeah, okay. All that, right, so we will That's be what threw right me off back. the Lloyd. The Lloyd part threw me. We'll be right back after a short break. It's time to feel the rage. Join us on Film Rage, where we talk movies, current releases, coming attractions, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, hey. And Murray. Yo. Why is it you always talk? All the time. I can't understand why you sweet voice. This is the Merman, the voice of reason. These two can't agree on anything most of the time. Some movies are Mondo. Some are just... Every week, something is going to make us rage. Join us every Wednesday and feel the rage. As some of you may remember, and if you're new to our podcast, I have another business that has finally become live on the internet. It's Barry Marino's Craft Creations. I have made Afghans, hats, scarves, and much more. More coming weekly. Great thing is, we sell holiday items all year round, so you don't have to wait till that special time of the year to order what you will like and enjoy. Thanks to our Roz, it's an easy, interactive website to see what has been put on the internet. And after a long wait, finally, we got the Gentilly Lace line of candles live. We have wonderful scents for any household or just for the season. Also, be on the lookout for our Christmas and New Year's holiday candles. And guess what? Our seasonal candles will have something a little special in them. A little out of the ordinary, but we have put charms in the candles. From king cake babies for Mardi Gras to champagne flutes for New Year's. So look out for our website, BarryMarinosCraftCreations.com. That's B-A-R-R-Y-M-A-R-I-N-O-C-R-A-F-T-C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S. We are back. Yes. And we're going to talk about a film today because it, it coincides with a hotel. And that's our theme this You're month. Checking hotel. in to die. <laughs> checking in to die. So uh, we're talking about uh, The Shining from 1980, um, directed by Stan, Stanley Kubrick, starring. Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, Scatman Crothers, and Danny Lloyd, the little as the little boy Danny. And I gotta admit, I am not a fan of Jack Nicholson or Stanley Kubrick or this film. I really don't like this film. 
I just sat through it, and I I went my two hours and twenty three seconds back. I read the book. I, I saw this film when it first came out. I actually saw the drive-in, so it had been out for a little while. And I remember thinking it was boring as hell. And I remember like almost falling asleep, and I wasn't even stoned. So it's it, it's never been one of my favorite films. I really and truly don't care for it at all. But um, I'm going to give you guys a little short synopsis of what it's about. Um, well, Torrance family, Jack, the father, played by Jack Nicholson. Yeah. The mother was Wendy, played by Shelley Duvall. And the son, Danny, played by Danny Lloyd. They uh, Jack takes a job at the Overlook Hotel in way in the wilderness in Colorado. And what it is is that this particular hotel closes in the winter because the winters are so brutal there that nobody can usually get there and the, the roads block up and everything. So they ha he takes a job as a caretaker during the winter. And the family is, you know, they, they have their apartment and they have all the food they need. The hotel gives them free reign to eat anything they want out of the hotel kitchen. And uh, Jack seems to have had an alcohol problem at one time. It's not really established until later on. So um, he has his, his interview with the, the manager of the hotel and um, everything seems to go great, you know, the, the manager likes him and everything. And Wendy and Danny get a tour of the kitchen by the head chef, Halloran. Uh, Dick Halloran, played by Scatman Carruthers. You guys remember Scatman Carruthers? You remember him? He, he, was, he, was on, uh, he was on Chico and the Man as the garbage man. I remember oh. that. Hey, yeah, yeah, that kind of voice. That's why he was a scat man. Because he do 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 da 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 It wasn't the kind of scat in the sexual thing. No, 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 no. I know what's scatting. Yeah. So anyway, he takes him around the kitchen. And um, and he notices that the little boy... Had, the little boy has an imaginary friend named Tony. That talks with his finger. With Danny talks to him with his finger like that. The parents don't think much of it. They, you know, he's he's six years old. You know, he's having an imaginary friend. And um, but Mr. Halloran detects something else that the boy has a special power, which he calls the shining. The shining. And um, so he talks to he talks to Danny privately. But you know, they wouldn't put that in a movie, an adult male talking to a child privately, because everybody's so evil-minded about pedophilia and all that kind of stuff right now. That's really the first thing they think. But anyway, he talks to him privately, and he tells him about The Shining, and tells him that there are other people who have it. You thought you were the only one. You're not. Almost kind of reminds me of somebody that notices a child's gay might tell them, you know, right. you're not the only one, blah, blah, blah. So anyway... The family moves in, they settle in. Danny likes to play ride his tricycle around the hotel and he sees these two little girls. Oh, yeah. And they say, Danny, won't you come and play with us? And then he sees the word red rum on the door. Is it on the door? Yeah. Meanwhile, Jack's behavior is getting meaner and nastier and more violent. 
And Wendy Bray brings him his lunch, and she he goes in. He, you know, she goes into the room. He's a writer, and she goes in the room. Where he's oh yeah, he's just there, totally going off the rails. And he's going like, and he just he just he gets really nasty to her and, and and awful towards her, and tells her not to come in. I mean, and it's funny he was kind of mean all the way from the beginning, wasn't he? Even in the car, you remember Danny said he was hungry. Well, you should have ate breakfast. Yeah. He was kind of cantankerous. For Which we'll talk time. about the problem with that. Like, anyway, yeah, we, yeah, that's that, that's something we're gonna talk about. So anyway, um, his his behavior is getting worse and worse, and Wendy's starting to notice weird, strange things, and uh, Danny is seeing different things, and he goes into one room one time, and this naked woman comes out of the bathtub and strangles him. So Wendy sees the marks on his neck, and she assumes that her husband did it. So she cusses him out and says, you know, she's locked him out the, the apartment and everything like that. And then when Danny tells her dad he didn't do it, this lady in the bathtub, she assumes that there's a crazy woman that's left in a hotel. She tells Jack, ha, 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 he writes it, he laughs it off. So Jack's getting nuttier and nuttier, and he's been writing something. He has a manuscript written. And um, at one point... Wendy goes to Jack to tell him that she thinks that there's some crazy woman in the hotel that tried to strangle Danny, and he starts getting violent with her. Is that the point where he still he starts chasing her, like backs her up the stairs? Yeah. Or did or, or did that come later? No, I think it was then, wasn't it? Yeah, he backs her up yeah. the stairs, and she's got a baseball bat because she's trying to find this woman so she can just smack her in the head. Right, and he's he's backing her up the stairs, and he says, "She says, don't worry, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in." So she whacks him with the baseball bat when he gets too close to her, and he falls down the stairs and is knocked unconscious. Oh yeah, that's what. And she, she drags his ass into the kitchen and locks him in the pantry. So she's trying to find a way out. She goes for the um for the radio. Turns out, because they had the, what, what kind of radio? Was that a ham radio or a two-way or, or um, shortwave radio? One of those radios. It wasn't a citizen's oh, band. Oh, gosh. It, was it wasn't a ham radio. It was like a, um, it was like a two-way radio that the police and the, like the, like the cap company. Yeah, because it's only radio. really working to go down yeah. to the ranger, basically, yeah. or to the sheriff. And it goes, yeah, to the police. And it's not a far distance. Because earlier she had talked to the police and they said, if you need anything, just radio us. Which they're right down in the Because the phones the were there. Yeah. So, um, she can't, he, he had taken tubes and everything out of the radio. And then they had those, uh, with those, those snow caps and those little vehicles that they used yeah. to drive through the um through the snow and he had taken the distributor cap off of that so meanwhile Holloran Holloran is in Miami and he's watching TV and he's he's noticing something on TV about the snow in in um Colorado and he gets some kind of psychic message from Danny yeah saying that he's in trouble so he does he flies to to Denver and to Colorado and goes back to the hotel. He even gets he even gets a rent one of those snow cap things and he's yeah. coming up. So while this is going on, Jack's really going off the deep end. Now previous to that, Jack had gone into the bar and the bar was like like it was like a nineteen twenties party, and he goes to the uh, to the bar. 
The bartender talks to him, and it turns out this bartender was a man, the ghost of a man who had murdered his whole family 10 years previous. Well, that wasn't the bartender. The bartender was Lord or whatever. The, was Grady. Grady, oh, was his last name, was the, was the one who was the hotel... Um, Grady twin. Oh, no, the Grady twins are the kids. No, 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 there's the father was Grady. Yeah, Delbert Grady, yeah. And he he was the hotel, like, uh, I don't know, he was like the previous caretaker or he was something. Yeah. yeah, and he winds up, he's the one who lets Jack out of the pantry because she had him locked yes. in the pantry. So Jack gets out, now he's chasing everybody with, a, with an axe. And she's running and she gets Danny out the window and the famous scene where he chops the door up and puts his face in it and says, Here's Johnny! <laughs> you know, all those, uh, all of the, the stand-up comedians do that when they want to imitate Jack Nicholson. Or they'll do, Where do you get a load of me? when he was a joker. Actually, a role he was much better in than that. Yeah. Um, so she, uh, she's trying to get away and... He's getting ready to go into there. I mean, if Hollering wouldn't have made a noise in the hotel, he would have killed her. He would have gotten her. But that distracted him. And he goes to, to see what's going on, and he, he surprises Hollering and kills him with the axe. Which is something that was different from the novel. He didn't kill him in the novel. Now, um, Wendy gets away, and she's running. and So Jack goes after Danny. And Danny goes into this big hedge maze. Yeah. But Danny had been playing in the maze, so he knew it. Yeah. So And he knew how to cover his footprints exactly. and all these other things. And Jack gets trapped in the maze and freezes to death of hypothermia. Wendy and Danny get into the snowcat that, that Halloran, Halloran had brought, and they go away. So the, next, the final scene, you get, you, you get in there, it's a 4th of July party, and you see a poster on there, and it's a poster of all these people in the 20s, and Jackson added in there, too. And that's how it ended. So, Philip. Let's, yeah, let's start. Let's, 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 let's pick cast- this bitch apart. Yeah, let's pick it apart. Let's start <laughs> with the casting, the performances. Okay. Uh, Jack Nicholson. It, uh, my honest opinion, Jack Nicholson could have done this way better than he did. Oh, way better. My problem is I think his ego, his bravado, a lot of things got in the way. And I know a lot of people hate me for saying that, but I think they did. And I think he did the character wrong. Because like you were saying, one of the biggest things was, is the character needed to be more loving in the beginning. Yes, yes. And that's what makes it And he didn't give us that. No, he didn't give us that at all. I mean... I got to admit, when Jack Nicholson does the rage part, it's really well done. Yeah. But it becomes hard to see the dichotomy in the character between being a loving father and being in a rage. Well, that was Stephen King's problem, too, because the way it was written, he was he loved his... He, well, many problems Stephen King had with this movie. We'll well, that was about. one of them was Jack, That's Nich- one of them was Jack, Nich- Nichols. Jack Nicholson's performance. I think also killing off ho- um, Hollering was another thing he didn't like. But um, I thought uh, you didn't... And this is the same thing Stephen King said. He looked like he was crazy from the beginning, and he was mean from the beginning. Now I don't know if ages would be correct, but there's a couple of different people I thought would have been better. Let's just talk about this. Since we okay. are talking about this, because we do feel like this is one of the biggest mistakes. Okay. 
I think two people that came to my mind was someone that actually has been used in a recent adaptation of uh, Pet Cemetery, but he was much younger then, would have been John Lithgow, would have been a really good option. Yeah. Also, I think, I know there's another John, John Ritter. I know it seems really weird, but John Ritter is like this whole kind of like thought of, because when you think of Three's Company, is very comical, whatever, but you kind of see him sort of as this kind of fun, loving guy. I mean, it should have been somebody that you're not used to seeing playing a crazy person. Like Paul Newman. I think Paul Newman wouldn't have been exactly right. I think something like John Lithgow might have actually worked. John Lithgow, Paul, I mean, even okay. Robert Redford, somebody that was... Okay. Somebody I'm, that was that, that was that, that we always see as a nice guy. My only thing is maybe also the problem was they were trying to use somebody so big in name for yeah. the movie, and I think that was probably. Well, Lithgow hadn't even really. I mean, it, the world according to Garp hadn't come out yet. Right. Speaking of such, what about Robin Williams? Oh, now Robin Williams would have been way. He could have done it. Yeah, and he could have done that. Would have been a better. And option. he had. We know. Oh, that would have even been better. The Robin Williams would have been the perfect option. And he even we know he has good chemistry with Shelley Duvall because they were Popeye and olive oil. Oh gosh, well, no, <laughs> we know he could do it because do you ever remember seeing that really dark comedy or whatever it was? Was it what called One Hour Photo? Or whatever? Oh yeah. So he has. And also the the, the, um, Insomnia with Al Pacino where he plays the serial killer. So you killer. know yeah. he's able to. So do he it. had to. He had the range for it. He definitely had the range for it. I didn't Actually, think of that you know until what? you said John Lithgow because his first film. Oh, his first big film was The World According to Garp. Oh my gosh, you're so right. Woman. Rob, yeah. Rob, rest in peace, Robin Williams. Okay. But I love, you, you know what? I actually say that would have been the better choice. Robin Williams. Yeah. Oh, wow. And if people hate us for saying that, so be it. Jack Nicholson might have given us the really good lines and the things we remember, but on overall watching the movie. I can see John, Robin Williams doing that. Here's John. But Robin Lyle. Williams could have done it. Yeah, he could have done it. And he could have gotten the entire movie. Yeah. No. Now. Let's move on. Let's move on. Shelley Duvall. Now, I'm going to tell you what I think. I think she was fine, except for one, one problem I had with her. She kept on slipping in and out of a southern accent. The southern accent's a natural accent because she's from Texas. And I think she kept on forgetting. Because the whole time she's talking to, um, to, to Holloman, she's speaking with a southern accent. And I think he's from the South, too. And I think something... And that, but you know what? I can actually kind of forgive that considering everything else that was going on in the movie. That is the least of our worries about what was done in the movie. I think Shelley Duvall... You're right. You're right about what you're saying. But I think it's so minor comparison that I think everything else she did right. Yeah, oh, she was... Yeah, she, 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 she brought it. She brought everything that needed to be brought to that role. The terror, the... And I found out later that, you know, she actually really was frightened because she was afraid of Jack Nicholson. She was afraid that he was getting too much in the character. Okay. So a lot of that a lot of that terror was real. That's kind of strange to say that because I've heard a lot of... Like, it seems a lot of people have said things about him when he gets in the character that yeah. get him to get out, depending on what type of movie it is. Which, uh, yeah, that's intriguing. So I thought, I, I thought, yeah, I thought she was one of the things that was right with the movie. All right, what about the little boy, Danny Lloyd? Exactly what you're expecting in a child actor in a horror film. Everything you want. And the funny part about it is, is he didn't even realize he was in a horror film. He thought. What? He was, Are you fucking serious? He thought oh he was, no, not until the end when, they, when he was being chased in the maze. But in all early scenes, he didn't know it was a horror film. He thought it was just a family drama. Oh my gosh, but he did so well. Yeah. Oh my gosh, she did so well. Now, uh, Scatman Crothers. 
I thought he was really good. I Excellent. thought he played it well. I Excellent. mean, and he and he, you didn't see his his uh, old persona. You know, you didn't see the garbage man from Chico and the Man. Any of those no. characters? He did really well. I actually would have preferred a little bit better writing for him. It's not has nothing reflection on him. That is not a reflection on him. Because well, I think he did an excellent the job. The character in the book was younger than him. And I think that's why they killed him off. Well, no, no. But what I'm, what I'm trying to talk about is I feel like whoever was writing about his character should write better. But they also made a mistake because, in all honesty, he actually survives. Which we do know, which we'll talk about later when we talk about the sequel, Doctor yeah. Slip. We're going to um, mention about, about he, his character actually based on the book was supposed to have survived. Which we'll talk yeah. about that in a little while as well. But um, but I just felt like he could have deserved a little bit better writing, and I hate to say we're still talking about 1980. Yeah, I hate to say black characters were still at that time. They were getting a little better, but they, they still had a little stereotypical. And they thing. weren't yeah, giving we. them they weren't giving them the kind of writing or the dynamic part that they needed to have from the direction. But and and. And, 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 and I do think and, I, and I'm not excusing the time frame I'm going to call it out I really do feel like they could have done a better job they could have got by him because he was really bringing his A game to the table now here I, I'm, I'm getting ready to throw some shade we're going to talk about Stanley Kubrick Oh, you want to talk about the direct? Okay, I was saving him after I talked about visual and sound. Okay, well, let's talk about visual and sound first. Visual, okay, this, and then and, and this is also going to, a lot of this is going to fall on, you get to blame Stanley Kubrick on this as well, because he's the director, but visuals, when they were done right, amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, we're talking about, like, when you're talking about, like, the elevator, the yeah. blood, oh, when the shots I, in the, the, maze, the mountains in the beginning. The mountains. The actual like things of the outside of the hotel, snow, all is really good. Other scenes, though, I felt like he got when he got just more to say a certain little simpler kind of dialogue, or it wasn't so much the horror. I feel like it's just like they were clocking in. I felt like they fell kind of flat on. Could you have better camera angles on the people's face? There was stuff that was missing on the visuals there. Well, his his film before this was a movie called Barry Lyndon with um, Ryan O'Neill. And he was, it, it was a period piece. And it did have beautiful visuals when they showed the battle scenes and all these other things. But some of the scenes just dragged on and on oh, and gonna, yeah. on. And there's one scene where a child's dying. And, the, you know, uh, Ryan O'Neill's son has some kind of consumption or something. And he keeps saying, oh, daddy, you know, mommy, blah, 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 blah. and he goes, yeah, dear, yeah, blah, blah. and then you're going like, finally, the scene goes on for like 25 minutes. And you, and, and you finally, come on, kid, die. You know? <laughs> Just die. <laughs> oh, God. And, and, and I know my, my late husband loved period pieces and he watched that movie. I said, don't ever watch that movie when I'm home again. Because I never even want to hear any of it again. I hate that movie. God. Even though my name's in it. So, <laughs> the sound... I, I'm actually intrigued by the sound. I'm intrigued by the score. Like, it's got... There's definitely some elements to the score and some of the sound that really shows kind of the 70s shifting into the 80s as far as sound and horror film, you really do see it in this movie. So sound is probably one of the most important things, contributions of this movie. 
you know? It's kind of taking where you can see where the sound that was laid down by movies like The Exorcist, you can see the influences in this, but yeah. you can also see where this movie was going to continue to influence into the 80s and yeah. the 90s. So I will give sound a lot of credit. Now, I found Except for one thing that was really weird, and I don't really know if it's a bad note. There was one really, really high-pitched blaring sound where I actually had to turn down the TV. It was so bothering me. Oh, I know the sound you're talking that about. That one yeah. moment in the movie. Now, i got to go back to something for a minute. You remember we were talking about the casting. I just found this on the Wikipedia page. Uh, uh, Jack Nicholson was Kubrick's first choice for Jack Torrance. But other actors consider, considered were Robert De Niro... Robin Williams and Harrison Ford. Ah, so Harrison, you had mentioned Harrison Ford All earlier. All of those too. met with Stephen King's approval. But he didn't care for Jack Nicholson. John Voight was another one, and Michael Moriarty. Also, uh, L. Martin Sheen. They all, Stephen King liked all of those. For the so the role. funny part is Robin Williams was on the list. Robin Williams was And Robin Williams was. And Robin Williams was. Robin Williams with Shelley Duvall and my mom would have been amazing, too. Well, yeah, look at them as Popeye. They're the, they're the best thing about the Popeye and olive oil. They would have been so, they would have been, yeah, they would have been precious. Yeah. That would have been cute. That would have been really cute. So, anyway, so where are we going with this now? Which would have made it very horrifying when he turned. Yeah. Um, so the last thing was art direction, which is more like what we're talking about, like the set designs. Yeah. Not a whole, I mean, there's some costume in here and here, but not, well, maybe with the girls, with the, with the little girls, probably the most significant costume. And then also you've got to talk about, so we'll talk about all the other, the other things. Now we're moving away from like what we're actually talking about the film things and actually talk about the actual art of the film. So that'd, that'd be art direction, costume, makeup. Um, there is a, even though we find the setting is cool, we'll talk about the problem with the setting. It was in Hertfordshire, England, where it was filmed, but there was a problem with that because we're going to talk about what this was really based on uh, later on, the actual hotel that this was based from, where Stephen King actually went and filmed. So that is a problem. However, I do got to admit, the building was kind of amazing. And the set's kind of cool. The carpet freaks me out, and I think it's an, and that's not a bad thing. I find something creepy about that carpet. I don't know what it is. Well, I don't know I if it's was, angular. You know, it was so funny because in the game, when Danny's in the game room, I'm looking in the background and I'm saying, like, God, I guess they didn't know back then that telephone booths and cigarette machines would look so dated oh, shit. 40 years later. You True. Know? True. Uh, this is another thing I found about the casting on here. Jack Nicholson had suggested Jessica Lang as Wendy, which would have been a good, pretty good choice. The, oh, well, yeah, that, that might have worked too. We know her more in playing these villainous roles on American Horror Story, older, but she was you know, she was a heroine back then. But I kind of liked how they rolled with it. It was fine. Okay, so basically, the uh, going back to the, oh, sorry, about going back to costume and makeup for a minute. I am going to say that those twins, those girls, was probably the most um, probably is going to go down as probably one of the most interesting costuming things choices yeah. and it's actually fucking creepy it's kind of like a double Alice if you think about it yeah. it's kind of the way it feels like it's like a through the looking glass kind uh -huh. of thing is what they were going for and it works the only problem that, with that is I have to give that up they were dressed a little bit too old fashioned for the having been children in 1970 
Well, no, looking closer, it does work because look, look at, look, you know, it kind of actually reminds me a little bit of how just in a scarier version of Veruca Salt from, um, remember her kind of dress and, and the way she wore with her little stockings and all mm-hmm. in uh, Willy Wonka? So it kind of goes. Yeah, that's right. That's right cause so it kind of has that feel. When the kids would dress up, I like, like. The, but it was a little Alice as well. Little, it was supposed to be like this Alice. I like, like thinking of Willy Wonka, Denise Nicholson, when she was on Dark Shadows, as Amy Jennings dressed similar to that. Right. So it works. It works. Yeah. It definitely, definitely works. Um, probably most interesting makeup job, and it actually wasn't that bad, was actually the interesting part of the old lady coming out the goddamn thing. That was disgusting, but it was Old lady titties. And it gets, I didn't think we saw and old that lady titties And for that time, the makeup was good, and it gets worse and even scarier in Dr. Sleep. The old lady makeup mm. with the old lady with the, with the, the, well, the flesh I didn't think, the deteriorating. I, think, old, I thought it was flesh. more recently that they, um, they started showing old lady titties in a movie. Like that movie, uh, the M. Night Shyamalan movie where those kids visit their grandparents and, oh, God. and the mom and the old lady comes out and she's got her, somehow her, her, um, her, her skirt is chased and all her ass is out oh honey that that old lady honestly whether we're talking about uh, The Shining or, or Doctor Sleep the old lady is one of the mm-hmm. best creep factors of the whole movie and you know we were going to watch Dr. Sleep but they took it off the app but we did we have actually seen and it and we are poor so. right now because we had to evacuate last month so the director let's talk we've been mentioning okay, him okay. how do we feel about right, him I have problems with a lot of things he directed I think his movies are pretentious I think they're overly long they, 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 I found there's a probably about at least 30 to 40 minutes could have been edited out of this movie Oh, easily. And uh, and like uh, 2001 the Space Odyssey, it's long, it's oh, it, you know, it's it's overdrawn. And Barry Lyndon too, like I told you that 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 child dying scene was 25 minutes. Right, exactly. How long does it take a damn kid to die in the movie? So, so yeah, the the issue I have with Stanley Kubrick is when he does it right, he gets it right, but there's so much wrong to get but to God the right. Damn, if that much if that much footage winds up in the finished film, What's on the cutting room floor? Exactly. How much does this guy? How much does this guy film? How much film does this guy use? So there is becomes a big question of do, he doesn't edit himself enough. No, and he's he, he's he's kind of. I am not going to say that he's extravagant not, with this. He is a very much a brilliant genius, but that doesn't always make a good director in the sense that he's not able. So polish it up enough. Even eyes wide shut, it was like, okay, this is going on way too. Which much. is really important because, and we'll go. We're gonna we're gonna come back around to the Stephen King in a second. Well, we're kind of gonna have to talk about it anyway. But uh, talking about since we bring that up, the sequel, Doctor Sleep, is actually done by Mike Flanagan, the one that we just mentioned. Also, just came out with Midnight Mass on Netflix. Yeah. Oh my goodness! You watch Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan has everything that Kubrick tried to have. Kubrick had the visual abilities when he did it right. Mike Flanagan does it almost seamlessly through Dr. Sleep. And also, if you watch his recent Midnight Mass, he knows how to do horror seamlessly in the imagery. And it's storyline and everything. And he gets... So, I hate to say, anybody who's like all over having a hard-on over Stanley Kubrick... Well, a lot of people do, too. Mike Flanagan does it better. Just saying. 
I don't know how you feel, but do you feel the same way I felt? Yeah. And a good comparison is we can compare those two. Because we can compare Dr. Sleep to The Shining. Yeah, and Stephen King makes a really good point here about Jack Nicholson. Since he, you know, the McMurphy role in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, it's almost like he plays everything like he's insane. Yeah. And the important reason why we bring up Mike Flanagan is Mike Flanagan leads us now to talk about Stephen King because Mike Flanagan wanted to be, show respect to Stephen King's work with Dr. Sleep. And he also yeah. wanted to, at least he was still being kind, he wanted to be kind to Stanley Kubrick and the tradition of Stanley Kubrick, but he did want to make sure that Stephen King's source material, his novels, was, was respected. Um, so I know you wanted to say some things actually about the novel in respect to The Shining. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, there are a lot of changes in the novel. For one thing, Wendy is so mousy in the movie and she was tougher in the, in the, in the book. And you had mentioned this earlier. Jack was a loving parent who had at one time, had to, he, he drank too much and he hurt his son. And he felt so bad about hurting his son that he wouldn't drink anymore. He really loved his son. Mm. And he that's how he was. And, and Danny and, and Jack had this great relationship. It was, you know, it was a very good father-son relationship. And that made Jack even, when he went crazy, that made him even more chilling because he started off as a decent person. Jack Nicholson's Jack didn't start as a decent person. He was... He he looked like he was putting on an act for the boss when he was doing the interview. And then when he was in the car with his family, he was terrible to him. And the little kids say he was hungry. Well, you should have eaten breakfast. And some big mistakes, plot mistakes at the very ending that really just made the movie go away from the novel that they talked about yeah. was, is Jack never died in the snow. He died. He just didn't die in the snow. Yeah. He died inside the hotel with the Yeah. So that that got wrong. And then also Halloran dies in the movie. Halloran survives in the book. To go yeah. on into Doctor Sleep. I would say this is one movie, even though they did uh Doctor Sleep, you know, the sequel, I think this is a movie that needs a remake. Oh, the shining itself could yeah, use I think it needs a and he everybody's did. against the reboots and everything. This and is and there movie was that's... and Stephen King was behind the nineteen ninety seven readaptation that was done as a miniseries. Yeah, with uh, Stephen Weber and he and Stephen King Rebecca de Stephen King that one, which we'll be talking about the real importance behind that one, but that one Stephen King appreciates a lot more. So that one does stick more to more what the novel really was, um, but. I mean, the problem is, is who's going to touch it unless they did like a small limited TV series maybe on Netflix? Yeah. Maybe. That's the only problem. There's this kind of... Who Stephen does? King wishes it would never been made. Who the way it does? Um, he wished it would have been made the way he wanted, not the way it was done in 1980. Yeah. Um, he, he just... I don't know. It was... Um, it, it it needs the, the story needs to be told a little bit better so it could fit better because Doctor Sleep was done correctly yeah better if you were to which is funny because Doc, uh, Ewan McGregor who plays the grown up Danny in Doctor Sleep would be a perfect Jack oh god yeah <laughs> <laughs> Ewan McGregor is like exactly what I would think of yeah you know? 
Because he's like this, you know, you could see him as a loving father. You could see him going crazy and trying to kill his family, you know. Uh, um, and I think as Wendy, I, I think Sarah Paulson would be great as Wendy. Yeah, I think she would be a good Wendy. I wouldn't say Ryan Murphy should do it, but Ryan Murphy kind of makes... I know you bring up Ian McGregor, but even if we go back to more of that comic route, you want to know somebody I think that could really pull it off where it would really be a transformation, could almost maybe win the person an Oscar or an Emmy or whatever. Zach Braff. That would be... You would not see that coming. No. Because, honestly, he is so lovable. Like, who doesn't like Zach Braff? Or, or actually, um, why is my brain the other one? The other one, what's his name? Oh, Zach. The other, um, why is my brain dead? Um, Kristen Bell's husband, Dak Shepard. Oh. Dak Shepard's another one. He could totally do it, and when he flips, it would be creepy as hell. That would be creepy. It's kind of like when Zach Efron played Ted Bundy, because we also always saw him as nice guy, high school musical, and then he's playing this killer, you know, and he did he did do a good job. Actually, you know, it, it, that is a movie that we should, that is a, a miniseries we should cover. Oh, we're going to do that. I've already, we, uh, I never wanted to cover Ted Bundy, because every true crime podcast covers Ted Bundy. But I wouldn't mind co- po- uh, covering that movie. And then, you know... Well, no, I'm planning on actually... There, there's going to be plans to do that down the road. <laughs> so anyway, where are we going now? Uh, so, the, one of the final things... We've talked about sort of how the novel, what went on. One of the big things with the novel, with the things, is... All of this, the Overlook Hotel is, ba- is based off an actual... Was, was inspired by an actual hotel. Yeah. Uh, it was inspired by the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, which is right at the edge of Rocky Mountain National Park now. The park wasn't named until later on became Rocky Mountain National Park, but that's what it is now. But did something like that happen It's still there. there. Well, the Stanley Hotel actually, supposedly what happened was Stephen King actually stayed there one night and he had a nightmare in room 217. Now, they say two, room 237 in the film, right? Yeah. But it was room 217 that he supposedly stayed in at the Stanley Hotel. And the Stanley Hotel has a host of ghosts. Um, there apparently, it was originally, um, they were considering the area to build what they were going to, was supposedly supposed to build was one of those tuberculosis. We mentioned that yeah. because of the dry air, all this. And then they've realized once they got built, okay, let's make it a resort town. Let's make yeah. it a resort thing, this Overlook Hotel. There was an explosion, I think it was 1911, and supposedly... I don't know if the explosion was centered or something has to do with room 217 as well with that. Oh. Which is the room supposedly that um, Stephen King stayed in with his wife. But um, so so the hotel has a lot of history. You can actually, I think you can actually stay at the hotel. I actually had the Stanley Hotel here. You can pull it, look at what, you can go, you can go stay at the Stanley Hotel. It's got a, it's a bed and breakfast boutique hotel. It has an historic room. Oh. It has modern ho- So it's got a whole complex. It looks fabulous, doesn't it? I'm pulling up a little video. Oh, look at that. Isn't it? <laughs> and this was the big contention. It's a shame we on YouTube. And this was the big that. contention that Stephen King had is why they... That did, looks like it. Why did they go... Wow. Why did they go to Hertfordshire, England to film when he thought the Stanley Hotel yeah, itself as a historic hotel... In Estes Park, in Colorado, in the area, deserved to have had the filming. Oh, man. So, that's why Stephen King fights so much for the Stanley Hotel, because it was his inspiration for the book. It really is 
an actual haunted hotel. I do have to see that. So you can actually go stay at the Stanley, which actually inspired Stephen King's writing of The Shining. Well, you know, yeah, since he did play the grown-up Danny Torrance, they still could cast you and McGregor. He's just a, he looked exactly like his dad, you know, as Jack. So the only things I kind of want to leave on a note here, and we want to talk a little bit extra, we've talked a little bit about cultural significance of this actual haunted hotel, its importance, but we want to talk about the bigger scheme of hotels, and also want to talk about one important thing, which is also at the very end, the picture, because I saw there's a lot of debate about the picture. Is this the idea? The idea is, is the hotel calling souls, or is it calling the soul back? The idea was, was Jack a reincarnation of Brady? But didn't Brady just do that 10 years previous? Well, that one, but they think there was another one from even before. I think there's a lot of confusion like they have about things, but they were talking about... This movie was 1980, and the, and the man that Brady had murdered his family in 1970. So that's what it was, that was, was kind of weird, but there was something about the 1921 photo. Was there something there... So the, the, there's these lot of weird questions, and that's where Kubrick was a little messy, but it was also intriguing. Well, he didn't, and he didn't really didn't delve into the characters. That's another problem I had with Kubrick. He 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 was all about the visuals and and the cinematography and all these other things, but he wasn't about the characters. We really didn't learn a whole lot about their lives. No. We didn't know. I mean, we heard mention all all of this, is which like, really did. Which really does affect when you try to look at the movie on a deeper meaning, because Stephen King likes to put deeper meanings into things. We're, we're about these more soul things, The Shining. See, when we look at Dr. Sleep, we get a way better representation of how The Shining works. Yeah. The actual, it's funny, the title of this movie is actually better explained in Dr. Sleep. Yeah. So culturally, and that's an interesting idea, the idea of... The paranormal activity, the psychic abilities, the yeah. able to see the spirits, the draw. But since our thing is about checking in to die and about spirits drawing and about hotels, yeah, I believe there's spaces. And we're going to be exploring a lot more of this with AHS Hotel and Hotel Cecil in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's good. next week. Is next it? two weeks, we're going to heavily talk about can a space draw somebody in can it draw souls can it collect souls and then and, and that's the thing in the shining was it jack's soul that was meant to be taken in i don't know but he was in the picture he was in the picture and so maybe his soul was meant to be trapped and it's not about in places like the hotel overlook there's no concept of time once the soul is trapped. The soul lives across all timelines. I'm not sure, but it, it definitely lends it to some interesting things. But I said Kubrick, he dropped the ball on it. I felt like Mike Flanagan did a way better job when we talked about dealing with the, the psychic stuff and helping us understand well, we about have the a, an American uh, web series produced by Warner Brothers called Overlook, which is a prequel. When's that coming? When it is, just says it's upcoming web series produced by... Ooh! Them. And who's going to be produced by? Uh, by Warner Brothers. Oh, that's probably going to be on HBO Max then. And and Bad Robot Productions. Yeah, that's HBO Max. It yeah. may need to be on a Max original then. Yeah. That's probably where probably it's going to end up. Yeah. 
Oh wow! I mean, that's one we can cover. That's exciting. I, mean, I kind of like this. Explain. Let's explain to our listeners about we have a little change of format. So our change of format, we're still going to keep kind of horoscopes. Might make them a little more simpler. We're still going to have the obits. We're going to get stories. We do all the stuff we normally do at the beginning. But we're not going to do the two podcasts anymore. No more of the two podcasts. And what we're going to be doing? So we're going to maybe stop bonus episodes for you if we do like interviews or something special or a mm-hmm. lot of things. Uh, but one of the things we also want to be doing is, is we're going to take movies, TV shows, and even documentaries. And the documentary is going to make it really easy to talk about the real life because that's what they deal with in yeah. real life. But it's the idea is we're going to use those levels of entertainment and visuals to help talk about the ideas of horror true crime, spirituality, paranormal activity, all those things. So that's how we're kind of how to do it, which is give us a little different because I really, we sat down and thought to two podcasts was too much because Barry's been working a lot. We've had a lot going on. With the well, I got, I'm, work, I'm supposed to be working part time. Things are going. But I'm working five days a week. That's full time. And we wanted to bring you all a quality show. And we sat down, we thought about this. And we also thought about, we realized that y'all really, there's been, we, we've been realizing what parts of the show y'all really been enjoying. We've been taking certain feedback from people. And that's why we're kind of bringing it together. And we realized also true crime is very inundated. So when we do true crime, we want to focus that more on a very high-profile documentary and how that's handled. Or, or, a, high, a, couple of or a high-profile um, biopic. Yeah, not Netflix has a lot of good ones. We've already yeah. done Christopher Watson, an earlier one. So we're not going to do that. So we're gonna, And actually what we're going to do is when we do those, we really are going to focus on the case and the documentary at the same time and how it's in. So we're only going to really bring, I when we do documentaries, we're only bringing good documentaries to y'all. However, when we do films, we may still bring shitty films and rip them We apart. did this week. <laughs> <laughs> and the great part is we now get to also take in TV shows. Because I know a lot of people are like, you can't just talk about films when there's so much amazing TV, and especially now. In the last decade, TV has superseded movies. Well, one of them that we're watching right now I'd like to do is Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass, we're going to give it more time, though. I I don't want to... It is a limited series, so there's no other seasons. Now, I'm going to tell you, the Chippendales, we have got to do that one. We're going to give you all plenty of time to watch Midnight Mass before we decide... uh, to do that so and I'm talking about several months down the road but I would like that is definitely one I'd like to talk about yeah we're probably not going to do stuff when it's hot and it's on Netflix's top 10 list because then you know, yeah and we're going to because we give too many spoilers no 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 and, I don't, and I'm never about giving spoilers so uh, but yeah no we, we're really going to try I think in a way this new format I hope Barry's getting more confident about it it's going to open up to the best of what we're able to do, but also present what you. I got to admit, I do miss the pr- true crime stories because I really enjoy them. But those. you don't realize we're still going to hit them. We're yeah. still going to get them. Like once, like this month, the only real true crime sort of our true crime sort of documentary kind of thing we're going to hit is the Hotel Cecil. But yeah, that's, well, that's kind of huge. Yeah. yeah, and that's a big documentary on Netflix. Yeah. If you have, so the point is, is we want to encourage, especially with those that you, if we if we know we're going to come up with one of those, that we encourage you to go watch it ahead of time and then we'll have our uh if you haven't already and we're going to discuss that so definitely and that's that's the whole point is we want you to be able to watch what we're watching as well 
So that's why we always encourage that. And that's what this is about. All right. Well, I think I think we're going to do Did we help that. explain that pretty good? Yeah, Brian? you did really well explain. <laughs> okay. So I'm explaining a few things. I'm explaining some stuff. Explaining. Okay. Just don't be mansplaining <laughs> everything. Okay. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm a mansplain on social you, media. You mansplainer. Okay. All right. You can follow us on Twitter at Shothers. You can follow us on Instagram at Open Shothers Podcast. Uh, Facebook, the official page for Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. Our email is openshutters at yahoo.com or openshutters goes to the movies at aol.com. We're going to keep that that email address too in case people want to email us some movie ideas that they'd like to hear about. Um, and um, is there anything else? Let's see. Twitter? Facebook, Instagram, I think that does about does it. And hopefully we will when we get the information. We're trying to still work out the Cafe Press, and we're going to hopefully get merchandise originally and tell you how to access that. But that is not fully set up yet, but we are working on it. And now it's going to be mainly focused just on our Open Shutters of Creepy Podcast since we've merged everything back. So that's so, we're going to Yeah, we're going to be putting the uh, – I'm, I'm actually going to publish, republish – the Exorcist and Rosemary Baby, those are the only ones I haven't moved to Open Shutters, but everything's going to be on Open Shutters, a creepy podcast. Sponsored by Anchor, the easiest way to make yes. a podcast. Uh, so, until next week when we do an American Horror Story Hotel, yes. enjoy the view from the Open Shutters. But don't fall out the window. Unless you're Jack Nicholson over overacting. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs>